1: Farm Talk.
0: With Dairy Gold. Post Calver Gold. Your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring.
1: On C103. Hello
2: and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahilly. May 17 deadlines are looming for a number of important farm scheme applications. Communities across Cork continue to do their bit for the environment. This week we hear about a biodiversity and wildflower project at St Finbar's Cathedral. Tagus held a public webinar recently warning of UV sunlight cancer risks with farmers particularly vulnerable. We have a number of topics in our Farm Talk programmes this week in relation to the sheep sector. There's more on MACRA activities across Cork and John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week.
1: Farm Talk on C103.
3: The Irish farm organisations have been putting their case for a substantial share of the 5 billion euro EU Brexit Reserve Fund. The Council of the EU is reported as being ready for talks on how the €5 billion Brexit Adjustment Reserve Fund will be allocated. The EU Council, it's understood, would focus on regions, areas and sectors likely to be worst impacted by Brexit. The Irish Farm Organisation stressed that our economy is the most vulnerable to Brexit and we would expect well in excess of a €1 billion euro to help our adjustment to the post-Brexit trading scenario. The EU Council in a recent statement said they required that a €5 billion euro reserve funding would support all member states to counter the negative consequences of the UK's withdrawal. The statement noted that since the economic consequences of the UK's withdrawal were multiple and unpredictable, the draft regulation establishing the reserve provided an indicative and non-exhaustive list of eligible measures. 4 billion euro would be dispersed as pre-financing in 2021, 2022 and 2023. The remaining 1 billion euro would be made available in 2025 – John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
2: Makra and Ferma appeared before the Joint Oireachtas Committee recently to fight for 4% of direct payments for young farmers. Makra was invited before the committee to present on the broader issues associated with cap reform post-2023. National President of Makra, Thomas Duffy, spoke on behalf of the organisation saying it's vital no less than 4% of direct payments must go to young farmers. He said the forthcoming cap is a time to get serious on generational renewal and deliver on
4: commitments. So I, I suppose firstly in a, in a very broad way um, at the moment the negotiations and the trialogues are still going on which means that we essentially have three positions which we have to consider. Uh, the first is a commission, um, the second one is the council and the, uh, the third one is the parliaments. From our analysis, the parliaments position is closest to where we would agree uh, on two key aspects for young farmers. Firstly, the Parliament have supported a position of a minimum of 4% of direct payments uh, for young farmers. We feel this, this is absolutely essential. Uh, the current allocation of direct payments in Ireland is was actually up to the maximum, and, and we commend the department for having that up to 2%. Um, but we feel now the time is needed to increase the amount of, of funding which is made available for young farmers to encourage them under the direct payments and under uh, Pillar 2 payments. In terms of uh, positions, and particularly on the question of the, the forgotten farmers, but also more broadly, not only on, on forgotten farmers, but indeed on many young farmers who are under the age of 40 who are currently going to be excluded from supports um, going forward, and we are already seeing them being excluded from supports, the key area here is the, the question of the so-called five-year rule where uh, supports are primarily focused towards uh, young farmers entering into the industry. Now this is this is something obviously that we are incredibly supportive of uh, supports for entry into the, in the industry but the issue now uh, and particularly in Ireland where we have seen a change in the entire model of farm succession and planning is that this directly discourages young farmers who are taking on the role earlier on. Uh, we currently actually have two people on the role, myself and uh, our, our Ag Affairs Chairman Shane Fitzgerald. Both of us by the department definition are no longer considered young farmers despite both being under the age of 30 because we have been farming uh, either as part of a partnership or as joint herd number uh, for more than five years. The parliament position is to move this to a minimum of seven years um, and we feel that this is at least some positive movement uh, towards uh, uh, the situation. Outside of that in terms of the the current negotiations where there might be potential to address forgotten farmers who are now more than uh, 10 years farming unfortunately at the moment the only The um, real area that there appears to be is the question of the allocation of uh, the National Reserve, uh, which again ties back into the the total allocation of funds under direct payments, because the uh, allocation of direct funds of payments can either go to young farmers top up, which would only be available under the current proposals for either five or seven years from establishment. It can also be allocated to the National Reserve, which would allow uh, sufficient for young farmers, new entrants and potentially for those farmers who are farming longer longer than that in a so-called third category. This third category has only been used a single time uh, since because uh, the the legislative position is very clear that uh, all uh, demands from young farmers and new entrants have to be satisfied before a third category can be entered into.
2: National President of Mocran, Thomas Duffy, at the recent Joint Oireachtas Committee hearing. The Minister of State, Pippa Hackett, has revealed 317 farmers have applied to convert to organic farming under the Department of Agriculture's Organic Scheme, which closed at the end of April. If all those who applied are eligible, it will see an increase of over 20% in the number of farmers who will farm organically in Ireland with support from the scheme. Minister Hackett secured €4 million to facilitate the reopening of the organic farming scheme this year. In Cork, there were 33 applicants across the geographical spread, according to the figures. Listeners might appreciate being reminded about a looming closing date for submissions on a number of important farm scheme applications. John O'Connor joins me to look at the schemes and what you need to do at this time with your applications.
3: There are actually five schemes with a Monday 17th of May deadline, but we'll focus on one of these First, a start, probably the most important one. It's vitally important to get your BPS, basic payment scheme, application in well before midnight on 17th of May. Ideally, of course, have it submitted well before the 17th of May.
2: BPS then, John, the most important source of support for
3: many farmers. Certainly. It's vital that the BPS application would be made without delay. Online, of course. All applications for all schemes have to be made online nowadays. If you aren't comfortable with any aspect of the BPS or any scheme, assistance is available by phone if you happen to still feel more at ease on the phone rather than online directly. But the application has to be made, submitted online ultimately, even if you need assistance by phone at the start.
2: So you mentioned telephone assistance with the online application. Listeners might like to write down the number that you give and times when the phone helpline for online
3: applications is available. The Department of Agriculture has been helping farmers in recent weeks in making their applications through its Telephone help desk helpline services. The help desk service number is zero seven six one zero six double four two zero. That's zero seven six one O six double four two zero. The lines will be open for extended hours in the run up to the application date deadline as follows between nine fifteen AM and 9pm from Monday 10th of May to Friday 14th of May inclusive. And will that help desk helpline be open next
2: weekend ahead of the closing date on the 17th?
3: It will be open but for far shorter hours from 9.30am to 5pm on Saturday and Sunday. It closes 5pm on Saturday and Sunday. 5pm rather than 9pm.
2: So cutting it fine, will the help desk be open on the actual deadline day itself then, Monday the 17th?
3: Yes, and this could be very helpful for last minute applications delayed for perhaps a very good reason. Transmission with the online is instantaneous and that's a great help. The helpline will be available if you can get through last minute from 9.15am to 12 midnight, Monday 17th, the actual date of the deadline. And that help desk phone number is...
2: So that's the Vital BPS, Basic Payment Scheme. You said there were several other important schemes with the same application deadline, all to be sent online, the same helpline available. So maybe, John, if you could list those schemes.
3: These schemes are, all of them vitally important, Transfer of Entitlements, Young Farmer National Reserve, the straw Incorporation Measure SIM, Areas of Natural Constraints, ANCs, and the Protein Aid Scheme. The deadline for submission of applications for all of these is 12 midnight, Monday 17th of May 2021. The helpline number, if necessary, 0761 And look at the application questions as soon as possible if you haven't already done so or submitted your application.
2: And the Straw Incorporation Measure, I understand it's fairly new. Minister Maconlough points out it comes with 10 million euro in funding, so it could be an important boost for tillage farmers. Correct, Barry.
3: The Straw Incorporation Measure, SIM, is an environmental action involving chopping up straw and mixing it into the soil. A specialist operation, of course, but aimed at boosting biodiversity in the soil, making it far healthier.
2: Thanks, John. Remember, the deadline date, May 17th. Plans for the development of what's been described as an industrial-scale piggery in East Cork have been put on hold. A local action group, as well as farmers, business owners and environmentalists, lodged an appeal with on-board Planola into the decision of Cork County Council to grant planning approval for the proposed development in Ballymacoda. Dara Farms is seeking to demolish an existing piggery to allow for the construction of a bigger plant, With a capacity for over 4,200 animals. The company said the new development would allow for more modern production facilities with an improved environmental impact. On board Planola will issue a ruling on the appeal by the end of August.
1: Farm Talk on C103.
3: The reopening of the marts on Monday, 17th of May, 2021, should facilitate sellers of livestock, according to the IFA. IFA Livestock National Chairman Brendan Golden has welcomed the announcement by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine regarding the opening of the march from Monday, May 17th, subject to some conditions. He said this is an important part of the reopening of the country and it will help the normal flow of trade in March, along with the online facilities which will remain in place. The IVA, he said, had raised the issue of allowing buyers and sellers into the marts in a recent meeting with the tarnished uh, Mr. Leo Varadkar. Brendan Golden said arrangements for farmers selling livestock could be facilitated safely by marts from May 17th. He said the phased return to the normal operation of marts is a recognition of the responsible actions of farmers and marts throughout the lockdowns. The IFA National Livestock Committee Chairman reminded everyone attending March to adhere strictly to the public health guidelines and controls which will be in place. And he said, we all have a part to play in our progress towards a full return to normality. Part of a statement there from the IFA National Livestock Committee Chairman, Mr Brendan Golden. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Minister,
2: Charlie McConnell, confirmed last week, buyers may return to the Mart rings, adhering, of course, to the public guidelines from the 17th of May, while online trading will continue to be facilitated alongside the return of in-ring buying. Buyers may attend the sales ring and view stock in pens, but it must be done by prior appointment with the livestock Mart. Those who wish to be present should wear face coverings and adhere to strict two-metre social distancing. Marts must also prevent the congregation of members of the public in the Mart car park or at entryways into Mart buildings. Marts must operate according to Covid standard operating procedures, which have been approved by their regional veterinary office. It's great to see communities across Cork doing their bit for the environment. This week we hear from the Green Spaces for Health group and their biodiversity and wildflower project at St Finbar's Cathedral in the city. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran went along to meet the group and see their work and caught up with their leader, Maria Young, and others.
1: What we're doing is we're uh, establishing a wildflower garden and uh, what we have to do is remove the top layer, the grass, uh, we're taking the sods over to the compost heap and we're raking the soil, adding in a bit of sand and then we'll plant in, probably in the first week of May when it gets a bit warmer, we'll put the seed in. We're trying to increase the biodiversity right across South Parish. It's critical in a time of our biodiversity crisis when uh, all sorts of species of insect and bees are on the decline. So the more we can do to support them, to provide them with nectar and pollen, the better. And that's what this project is all about. As you can see, we're doing three different uh, sections. We'll come back next week then and plant planting the seed and hopefully we can sit back then and just relax and let nature do its thing we're very lucky to have some helpers from both the community here and then we also um, rang up the River Lee Hotel they're very good to us and they provided some uh, of their staff in fact uh, we have a pastry chef and you can see how he rolled out the grass (laughs) rather like he would do a roulade (laughs) but we're delighted it's great to have the bit of brawn you know the bit of muscle uh, because it's tough work to be honest with you
4: Maria has asked us for help here today Uh, we work in a hotel myself
2: and George here And uh she asked us for a hand so we, we ran down we grabbed a shovel and a pair of gloves and we ran down today. No overalls or anything, no. It's it's good to get down and dirty every now and again.
1: Especially working in a hotel that's been quiet for a while. So it's been good. We've been keeping ourselves busy working with Marie as well. She's given us a hand down in uh in the hotel to improve biodiversity, so it's great. We have uh, Saint Finbar's local national school, and this is the second week they've come over. Last week they came over to learn about what were we were doing, and they helped us out. Uh, this week they're going to get seeds, and they're going to start do a little bit of planting themselves, uh, both in their own garden in the school and down here as well.
5: They're actually super important because if there's no bees, no, there'll be that would be one of the pollinators' of species gone. Mum does gardening like a lot, so I would like to get interested in it too. So I'd like. We can have more of this. I am really excited because last time we were here, it was like COVID didn't exist. It's like we've all just allowed to be together and it, was, and it was super fun. It was actually super fun last time, but we didn't get to plant any flowers. We're just it's taking up the dot.
1: Yeah, it was just really fun. It, I'm
5: really excited because we get to like help the nature. So we can make the garden look like nicer and then a lot of pe- more people will come over. Even though, like, last time I was just um, taking all the soil, putting it it over there, you know, it was
1: just fun walking around the cathedral. And it was really fun because you could see all... Well, it was kind of disgusting seeing the worms, but... (laughs) I really like nature and looking at all the flowers... Bees, birds and all types of species were very fun. My name is Ashley Ellis. Well, this morning we've been um, just talking about biodiversity and the interconnectedness of creatures and plants and how we help each other and live with each other and how it's important to have that biodiversity so that when we're in need, we can lean on each other. So that whole circle of life, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's been really wonderful to be here and design this space to make a nice curve and hopefully welcome the community to come in and use the space and also get used to the diverse range Range of species and plants and insects that we have here.
2: And the best of luck to Green Spaces for Health Group and their biodiversity and wildflower project at St Finbar's Cathedral in the city. Chagas held a public webinar recently, warning of UV sunlight cancer risks with farmers particularly vulnerable because of the length of time they work outdoors. It also relates to their self-employed work status where controls and social supports are less readily applicable. The webinar was held to improve farmers' knowledge related to occupational skin cancer. As we've heard from Tagus health and safety specialist Dr John McNamara last week, research indicates farmers give health issues, including risk from UV sunlight, lower priority than other health and safety issues. One of the other speakers on the topic at the webinar was Kevin O'Hagan, Health Promotion Manager of the Irish Cancer Society. We've
6: continued to, to kind of promote sun protection, uh, sun, sun awareness and, and the dangers of, of, of the UV. As opposed to to do our best to encourage people to, to be sun smart. And so we continue that work today. And um, as, as, as um, the numbers of, of cancers in general increases very significantly. In fact, we have an 85% increase in cancers overall over, over the last 30 years. But the incidence of skin cancer has really, I suppose, trebled and, and is expected to, to continue to to increase quite substantially over the next 20 years. There's a lot we can do in the area of, of skin cancer prevention. We know there's over thirteen thousand skin cancers per annum and that's 230 deaths per week. And unfortunately Farmers and outdoor workers are particularly at risk. Uh, In fact, you're up to three times more exposed to to UV radiation from the sun, which increases your risk of skin cancer. We know that about one in four skin cancer deaths are among the farming and the outdoor community. And, you know, we we don't have a good record internationally. Ireland ranks 10th in the EU for melanoma detection and 12th in the world. You know, Australia and New Zealand obviously are up there. We're very high in Europe. So we have a very high rate of of skin cancer. And I suppose the good news is skin cancer is very preventable and it's probably the most preventable of all cancers. I suppose over the years, there has been a lot of work in skin cancer prevention, particularly by the Irish Cancer Society and other organizations, uh, including the Skin Foundation and and the HSE. But I suppose it wasn't really coordinated and we didn't have kind of a national response but thankfully, just uh, two years ago now, um, we th- we had the launch of the National Skin Cancer Prevention Plan, which is kind of a, a collaborative effort of all of the, the various stakeholders to come together and, and kind of have a national response. And so with the publication of the plan, an implementation group have been set up. And so the plan, as I suppose, has a number of key target areas, uh, young people, young people and children, obviously, is, is an important one. Um, sunbed users again was another target area as we know how, how dangerous and how carcinogenic sunbed use is and of course the other area is outdoor leisure and sporting area and we have a subgroup working in that area and i suppose the, the plan of work really is to kind of identify opportunities um, such as we have this morning with Chagas uh, and other other industry areas such as the construction industry um and and uh, other outdoor workers uh, and we've we've I suppose developed a number of resources and supports for employers to help them kind of um, maintain this work and, and continue this work uh, into the future. So over the last number of over the last number of months, we've developed a number of support materials for employers and, and for for outdoor workers, um, including a risk assessment. You know, so to allow employers to look at that risk uh, for 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 skin cancer uh, and what they can do to reduce that risk. Policy templates so that they can sustain the work into the future. Uh, a workplace audit tool, questionnaires, sample case study. So all of that information is available on the HSE website. And and if anyone wants further information on any of those things, uh, you can drop us an email at prevention at cancercontrol.ie. So this is is kind of an an attempt to try and sustain the work into the future. Uh, We know that there's a lot of effort to raise awareness in the short term, but we want to make sure that employers have proper measures in place to, to protect the workers. Uh, And through those policy actions, hopefully that will be achieved.
2: Kevin O'Hagan, Health Promotion Manager, Irish Cancer Society. And to view the webinar, go to
3: tiagasc.ie.
1: Farm Talk on C103.
3: Senior Inspector with the Health and Safety Authority of Ireland, HSA, Mr Pat Griffin, recently called for a tachograph to be fitted on all tractors as a farm safety measure during the busy silage drawing season. While Mr Griffin's tachograph installation suggestion has not been supported by FCI, the Association of Farm and Forestry Contractors in Ireland, they recommend that teaching the skill of tractor driving should be on the syllabus of all agricultural colleges. During the short window in which the silage harvest must take place, possibly further restricted by weather factors, tractor drivers should be aware of the length of time they have been working without a break, often under the pressure of time and weather constraints. HSA Health and Safety Authority Inspector Mr Pat Griffin believes that the installation of tachographs and tractors is worthy of consideration to prevent machinery-related injuries and or fatalities. The issue is covered in depth in the Irish Farmers Journal issue, Saturday 8th of May 2021. Meanwhile, Mr John Hughes, Kilkenny-based Chairman of FCI, Farm Contractors Ireland, over 43 years in the silage contracting business, talks extensively in the Irish Independent Farm Supplement, Tuesday 4th of May 2021, about the increasing pressures as the silage season condenses every season, now down to less than a month. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
2: The Health and Safety Authority is urging farmers and their contractors to plan safety in every aspect of the silage harvesting season. First up is a review of their Farm Safety Code of Practice, particularly the Harvesting and Tractor Vehicles Machinery Risk Assessment pages. I use the free Farm Safety Risk Assessment online at farmsafely.com. Tractors, vehicles and machinery use accounts for over half of farm-related deaths from 2011 to 2020. 113 people, 18 of whom were under the age of 18, have been killed in farming-related workplace accidents involving machinery over the past decade. Further information on farm safety is also available on hsa.ie, or to complete a farm risk assessment, go to farmsafely.com. ICMSA is asking the users of rural roads to exercise patience and awareness as this year's silage season begins. Chair of the ICMSA's Farm and Rural Affairs Committee, Dennis Drennan, says rural roads will see a massive increase in heavy traffic over the next four weeks as farmers cut, bale and bring in silage. People out exercising may be taken unawares by the large increase in tractor and trailer volumes. Farmers and contractors are urged to be extra careful this year with the increased number of people cycling or walking on rural roads. Machinery operators are being asked to pull in where possible and allow any build-up of traffic to pass. Visitors to rural areas should also make themselves aware of the work going on and for everyone to facilitate it in a safe manner. Michael Gottstein, Head of Sheep Programme Knowledge Transfer Department, Tiagasc, joins us over a couple of programmes this week to discuss topics relating to the sheep sector. First off, today we review the recent lambing season.
5: Most people are, are finished, probably at this stage you now. There might be some, some hill sheep farmers with just the last few yo's lambing, or maybe a few people with some yo' know, lambs and a few left to, to go. But by and large, I think most people are, are, are finished. And while I know at the start for people lambing in early March, it was probably challenging enough. Up until the weather changed there, kind of the second half of March, and then really we had quite good conditions. I, I think really in terms of how it went, that will obviously vary from farm to farm and, and from person to person. I think the weather played good for people in the in the second half of March on, as I said. Really, I suppose what people should be doing is, is having a look at, at how it went and a review of it and, and put down some couple of points on, on paper. We're really, really busy outside and looking after sheep and spreading fertilizer and doing all the jobs now that the weather has come good. And very often we don't take time to take stock of what's happened. And, and what we're seeing sometimes the same things happen year after year, you know, the same little mishaps. Like And, and very often maybe if somebody took just, uh, you know, a half an hour, an hour sat down and thought about this, they could take a few steps to avoid them happening again the next year. So, you know, we kind of encourage farmers to do what's called the lambing review, which is basically just while it's fresh in your mind, there's no point in saying I'll do this in a couple of months' time because you're not going to remember But while it's fresh in your mind now, like, to count the number of lambs that are out there on, on the farm, like at the moment, how many have gone out with the oats. Most people will know what they turned out. Um, or if they don't, it's not a big job to to, to, to identify that. When they're bringing them into to or something at, at five weeks of age, count how many lambs are there on the ground and then go back and check how many were there when you scanned the O's. Most people know, you know, I scanned 150 O's and I had five dry. And and I had so many coppers and so many fingers and so many triplets and see what's the difference between what you scanned and what you have on the ground and really we wouldn't want to be losing any more than between twelve and fifteen percent depending on our litter size between scanning and 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 now kind of going out to grass so if your figure is above that then let's have a look at why that happened you know why is there you know a big number of you, you know that last lambs or lambs died or yours lost lambs or you know where 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 did it happen and and what steps can we take to kind of try and prevent that next year. The other thing then to do is to count how many yews went out with the lambs. So, you know, again, same story, we scanned 150 yews and there's 125 that went out with lambs push, and there's 25 that, you know, either lamb down with dead lambs, lambs had no milk, didn't out with lambs, you may maybe died at some some period between scanning and lambing and the target there really is we should have more than 90 percent of the yos that we scanned in lamb gone out with lamb look at it again if we're below that target level why is that you know did the ewes lamb down with mastitis? had we a problem with abortions you know had we a problem with ewes taking lambs or, or or lambs being weak and dying after birth look at those again and and, and see what could the potential causes be and what steps can we take to prevent that again next year? The other couple of things that we have are, are targets for the number of yawes that prolapse. So generally, we'd be saying less than one in 100 yawes is kind of an acceptable level of, of natural um, vaginal prolapse in yawes. And if we're seeing figures above that, and quite often we do see figures a good bit above that, you know, 3 and 4% and 5% even. Let's have a look at why that's happening. You know, is it something around nutrition? Is it something around space? Is it, it other, other issues? And also the number of yeos that are aborted. Generally, we would say under 2% uh, of the yeos slipping their lambs. Those are yeos that scanned in lamb and either don't lamb down, they've lost the lambs at some stage between scanning and lambing, or yeos where you see the abortion happening quite close to lambing. Generally, less than two 200 hundred I mean, that is, is what we accept uh, as an acceptable level of natural uh, slippage in the system. Once we're above that, then really we're probably talking about some sort of an infectious agent, some disease that is causing a problem that is causing the youth to lose their pregnancy. And again, it's, it's, it's important that we identify that. So if we haven't sent samples off to the laboratory, if we haven't sent fetuses and placenta to the lab um, during lambing time because we were too busy or whatever reason, then you know it's probably still not too late for a lot of farmers maybe to go if we can identify those oats and take a few bloods and just see what's happening there. And that's important so that we know what 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 is the agent that's causing that problem because a lot of the time some of those agents we have vaccines for in particular for for things like Campylobacter um toxoplasmosis then an zootic abortion and some of those those vaccines have to be given when the yoes are, are non-pregnant or prior to the mating season because they're live vaccines and they can't be given to pregnant sheep. And then I suppose look at the last thing really is the number of lambs that we had to treat for joint ill or watery mouth disease. So there are two separate diseases really, joint ill is one that we see kind of, you know, sore limbs, um, navels, it's often the infection also goes into the internal organs and watery mouth is, is, is basically an E. coli bacteria in the lamb salivate and and you know often they, they they die succumb to the disease and again look at the targets for those is less than one in a hundred lambs pre to those conditions is what we should be treating and if if we're treating more than that then again look at it's, it's about looking at our our hygiene around lambing time our colostrum management and things like that and trying to get that right if you're not meeting a target talk to somebody talk to your advisor your vet and put in place a plan to to try and Prevent yourself being that same situation
2: again. That's the important thing, I guess, to learn from it. As you said, the review should happen now while well, it's fresh, and then put that plan in place. Do you think that people would be changing a lot of what they've done? Is it generally a case of you're learning from it, so move forward?
5: Look, I think it's tweaking. It's tweaking little things. You know, it's it's little things that often will tweak some of these and bring you back into line. Um, you know, so. I look at it and sometimes we see people where things go spectacularly wrong, but those are the exception rather than the rule. And it's when things go spectacularly wrong for people that they definitely take action. Then, like, but you could have somebody there that's slipping away. Um, you know, that kind of an extra couple of percent here or there uh, on some of these things every year, and they're letting it slip and go by. And, and you know, and and maybe a small little tweak somewhere in their management, in the nutrition, in the hygiene area, um, or maybe a vaccine going in there will will resolve that, like, and you know, pay for itself multiple times over. Make life a lot easier for the farmer next year at lambing time because they don't have to deal with all these kind of issues. Because these all take a lot of time as well, you know. So if you've got a ewe you know, that prolapses or a ewe you know, that aborts, you have to isolate her. You you know, if she's sick, she has to get an injection, you know. And it it all t- that takes time. At a time when farmers are very, very busy, you know, in the springtime, maybe having cows as well and lambing yows and, you know, stock are inside, so they have to be fed and bedded. And, you know, it's it's a high uh, pinch point in terms of labor. So, you know, looking and putting in place a plan, preventing these things from happening, makes life easier, makes more money for you because you have, you know, more stock to sell at the end of the year. You have less losses and less less costs in, in terms of interventions, like so in terms of in, in, antibiotics or vet or call outs and things like that.
2: Michael Gosteen, Head of Sheep Program, Knowledge Transfer Department, Tiagosk. We'll have much more on this topic in Wednesday night's
0: program.
1: Farm Talk on C103.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
3: County Cork Fishery Harbour Centres are to receive funding towards the overall costs of proposed capital projects. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlough, has confirmed. The cork funding is part of 38.3 million euro national funding announced on 1st of May 2021. In total, Cork County Fisheries Centre capital projects will receive 646 thousand euro from the 38.3 million euro being allocated. The centres to benefit are Kinsale Harbour, Fisherman's Pontoon, Phase 1, Essential Pontoon Repairs, €72,750, euro. Kiel Beg, Safety Improvement Works, €150,000, Ballycotton Pier, €45,000 euro for Pier Improvement Works. Ballycravan Pier, €41,250 for Pier Improvement Works and Safety Signage. Kinsale Harbour Slips Phase 1, €60,000 towards Slip Improvement Works to various slips and Safety Signage. Travara, €22,500 towards Pier Remedial Safety Improvement Works. And safety signage works, and finally Zetland Pier, ninety-three thousand euro for safety improvement works and safety signage, bringing a total to six hundred and forty-six thousand euro. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Super value. Ireland's leading
2: food retailer is calling on small food and drinks producers to enter its Food Academy programme. Now in its eighth year, Food Academy is a unique food business development programme between SuperValue, Board Bord Bia and the local enterprise offices. Participants in the programme receive training in food safety, market research and branding, marketing, finance, sustainability and food development. The programme currently supports 290 Irish food and drink producers, including 140 female entrepreneurs, generating €170 million euro in sales. The Food Academy programme supports 1,500 jobs in local communities nationwide. Ireland's first online shop for local producers is up and running in Mallow. Neighbour Food, launched in Cork in 2018, creates a shop where customers can buy from any number of local producers. Each week in Mallow, customers can place their orders any time between Thursday and the following Monday. Once orders are made, they'll be sent to producers and ready for collection each Wednesday, while home delivery is also available. Founders Jack Crotty and Martin Poucher say producers can set their own prices and they get to keep 80% of sales of every product. The remaining 20% is split equally between the market host and neighbour food. Agri Innovators in Cork are being invited to enter Enterprise Ireland's Innovation Arena Awards competition in partnership with the National Ploughing Association. Innovators and entrepreneurs can enter their pioneering agri-related products and services to the annual awards competition, which will continue online for a second year because of the pandemic. The 12 award categories include Best Agri Technology Startup, Best Agri Engineering Established Company, Young Innovator of the Year, Farm Safety and Sustainable Agriculture. Best Startup and overall winner of the Innovation Arena Awards will be eligible to win up to €5,000 each. Enterprise Ireland Innovation Manager James Maloney explains what kind of entries they'd like to see in the competition. That
5: are going to help us kind of mitigate against uh, some of the climate challenges we're having, uh, looking towards a greener future. Our traditional engineering, uh, science, software, animal genetics, anything that can make a difference into our, our agricultural ecosystem. Our established companies in the SME sector that we have, traditionally they're the backbone of the exporting economy in ag tech to roughly export about 500 million euros worth of, of product out of Ireland. And we'd also like to see from the, the budding entrepreneurs and the, the innovators at a farm level and also um, what's coming from our, our universities and our ITs, the science that has been developed.
2: National Tree Week was held recently in research by Quilt to 9 out of 10 Irish adults like trees. A Quilta commissioned Red Sea survey heard 70% of adults say forests are more than important than ever during COVID by providing a mental and physical wellness boost. Visitor numbers to Quilta Forest doubled and tripled in some cases since the pandemic began. People are being encouraged to enjoy their Quilta Forest while respecting the public health guidelines during their visits. Cork Desh schools are set to benefit under funding which was announced to coincide with National Tree Week. Science Foundation Ireland has awarded funding to UCC's Trees Explorers Project to help primary school students as well as adults engage with the STEM topics. Farmers are being asked to do their bit in helping to prevent forest fires. The Irish Farmers Association is making the appeal for extra vigilant after the recent dry weather spell. IFA Farm Forestry Committee Chair Vincent Nally is advising farmers to review their own fire plan but he's also urging people in general to take care.
5: Fire risk is quite high at the minute so it's just to remind people to be extra careful, enjoy the forest and you know if, if there is any evidence of Fire start fire to report immediately from the farmer forest owner perspective. Really, it's crucial to have a fire plan in place to review that periodically, especially at this time of the year. Importance of having you know the prescribed six meter wide corridor f- free of you know fuel type material in that fire plan. Having the, the you know the necessary fire brigade numbers, the respective people that you might call on if there
7: is a fire.
2: For our weekly update on Macra events in Cork, James Cassidy,
7: Chair of Ballon Colleague Makra, joins us. This week sees Kinsale Makra supporting the Darkness into Light fundraiser for Pieta House. It took place this morning. There was a lot of great support with people rising at 4.30am to walk in the sunrise in line with the national event. Kinsale Macra have been supporting this event every year. If you would like to support the event, you can find Kinsale Macra on Facebook where there is a link to donate Photos of people getting out early this morning to support the event will also be posted there later on in the day. I'd also like to wish Balling Colleague and Glenmire Macra the best of luck in the national finals of the radio drama competition this weekend. This is the first year a radio drama competition has been held and it's great to see two of our regional clubs in the finals. Balling Colleague's entry is called There is Something About Slurry, Club Chat Confessions. Written by Murray Tuig and Jennifer Cassidy, it centres around the world of dating and misunderstandings. The cast include Murray Tuig, Jennifer Cassidy, Daniel O'Brien, Dominic Tuig, James Cassidy, Mary O'Neill and Christine O'Brien. Glenn Meyer, Makra's entry is called Lone Star written by James O'Clure. and Patrick Healy is a one man cast in this drama that centres around voice notes and revelations with just one cast member Patrick had a lot to do but he managed very well. Best of luck to both casts and both dramas are available on the National Makra Facebook page if you want to have a listen. Kerrigaline Macra members are meeting next Saturday, the 15th of May, compliant with government guidelines on Myrtleville Beach. Um, 15 members are going to the outing. If you would like to be part of future activities with Kerrigaline Macra, you can contact Patrick McGrath on 086 or find them on social media. And finally, officer training is on the 19th of May on Zoom, which um, Shanduan officers will be attending. And if people would like more information about any of the above mentioned stuff, um, feel free to contact uh, Shendun Makra on Facebook, and they will help you out with anything.
2: And thanks to James Cassidy, chair of Ballincollig Macra.
3: Nine hundred and ninety-six farmers are to share nearly half a million euro in hen harrier bonus payments. The payments have been made under the €25 million hen-harrier scheme funded by the Minister's Department under the RDP Rural Development Programme. The bonus payments, actually totalling €483,927, are in recognition of those farmers' success in delivering habitats for hen-harriers and other wildlife and they qualify for the bonus based on how well hen-harriers have been doing in their area. Minister of State Hackett pointed out this particular hen-harrier bonus payment is one of three in the programme. It's made if the hen-harrier population in an SPA special protection area reaches its objective – Farmers who deliver to the quality habitats in the SPA special protection areas share in the bonus, while farmers whose lands are within the core territory of a hen harrier nest can qualify for an additional payment. If the nest is successful, that achievement is recognised and rewarded through a higher bonus payment. Acknowledging the cooperation required to deliver such a programme, Minister of State Hackett also said the recent fires, especially in Killarney, are a reminder of the importance of good management of our fragile ecosystems and this Hen Harrier scheme is an excellent example of the collaborative effort which is needed. Minister of State Hackett pointed out that the Hen Harrier programme is a €25 million euro project funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine under Ireland's RDP Rural Development programme. It's been operational since 2017 and will run until spring of 2023. It works with nearly 1,600 farmers from across the six SPAs, Special Protection Areas, for the species. These farmers manage 38,000 hectares of upland landscapes in the SPAs. Minister Hackett said she was delighted to see these results-based payments being made to farmers who had ensured that the hen-harrier population in SPAs, Special Protection Areas, had reached their objective. She said this is a real achievement and the farmers involved have earned every cent. The payment, it strongly emphasised, is not a handout in any way. The farmers have managed their farms to deliver a habitat which sustains the hen harrier population and they deserve recognition for that. These farmers, she emphasised, are true farmers for nature. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks to John for co-producing and
2: contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Maheddy. Thanks for listening.
1: Farm Talk.
0: With Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs.
1: On C103